For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Believe. Believe in Lions right here on the Believe Podcasting Network. You know how that's spelled. B-L-E-A-V. We believe in the Detroit Lions by the end of this episode. So will you. This is normally where I introduce Mr. Blades, the one and only Benny Blades. He tells me how wonderful it is in South Florida while I'm here freezing in Michigan at zero degrees. But Mr. Blades couldn't make it this week. I can't confirm or deny if he's having meetings with 54 or what he's up to. But he told me he's in the state of Michigan, which I didn't know. I think he's stuck in the snow, but he's doing big things up here, uh, needless to say. And I said, all right, no problem. I got this. I'll do a solo show. We got lots on the docket today. Uh, Right before I started recording, we got all the coaches and coordinators for the Detroit Lions step into the podium. So I'll give you guys a little sound bite of that. We'll talk about it. Going to hit on the Super Bowl. I'm going to talk about kind of the mentality change, some of the juice that I think these coaches are bringing. A very interesting trade down opportunity that I heard uh, today for the Detroit Lions. Kind of what's my best case scenario for this team? And I'm actually going to mix in a mock draft for you guys, too, that I did personally, a full mock draft for the Detroit Lions. So before we do all that, I mean, you know what we got to talk about right off top of the show, and that's... uh. That's betonline.ag. I mean, our, one of our great sponsors here on the show. We got to get them in. I mean, there's been lots been going on. So, eh, Benny's not here, but I can still make it feel like he's here. Because you know about this time, Benny Blades would always say this. Going to the pay one. <laughs> you got to visit that pay window. Going to the pay one. About this time when you're going to betonline.ag. So, everybody, we're going to take a quick break. Get our sponsor in here, and then we're coming back, and we're talking all things Detroit Lions. Everybody, we'll be right back. What's going on, everybody? Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. And the only place you should be betting on these sports is at betonline.ag. I mean, you know the one and only Benny Blades is going to betonline.ag to get to the pay window. You know that, right? Going to the pay one. That's the only place he goes. Isn't that right, Benny? Going to the pay one. Is betonline.ag. So, BetOnline, they even cover awards, TV shows, and even reality TV. I mean, BetOnline has hundreds of props and real-time odds on almost anything you can imagine. And, of course... The 24-hour online casino. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. 
All right, what's going on, everybody? We are back. Thank you so much for listening to our sponsors. Really appreciate that. Now let's dive into some football here. So the Super Bowl went down on Sunday. Tom Brady, the greatest of all time, winning another championship. You know, everyone says it's a horrible football game, blowout. You know, a lot of us were expecting and hoping for a shootout, close game, two of the best quarterbacks. I mean, Pat Mahomes was running for his life. This guy got pressured more than anybody ever in the history of the Super Bowl. He was just throwing up passes, sidearm, falling down, spinning around like a top. I mean... It was just crazy how Kansas City didn't adjust to what Tampa was doing on D. You know, Tom Brady started out uh, very precise, hitting his guys, scored a couple touchdowns to Gronk. Um, they were able to run the football with Lenny Fournette, which was surprising, but they were able to do that. And, uh, yeah, it was it was a pretty big beatdown in that game. But, like I said, it kind of just shows the greatness of Tom Brady. I know we're here to talk about the Lions, but, I mean, this guy had no offseason, changed teams, you know, they brought in a super team for him, but he was able to get them all going in the right direction and win another championship. So I thought that was incredible. You know, I was rooting for Brady. We'll always root for Brady. Uh, go blue. I mean, you know how that goes. Uh, we got to play it for Mr. Blades. You know, it's all about that go blue, that Michigan here. I mean, we, if, if Benny was here, he'd make me hit the other sound bite. <laughs> We might get to the Canes a little bit later, but um, congratulations, Tom Brady, Tampa Bay, you know, seasons in the books, NFL seasons in the books. They didn't miss a game with all this COVID craziness. And now it's my favorite time of the year, which is draft season, off season, free agency, all the stuff that goes on from the GM's perspective, me being the GM of the show, Benny is the, is the, is the player of the show. So uh, I'm excited about this offseason, especially for the Detroit Lions. And the reason I'm really excited is because of these coaches we brought in. You know, we, we brought in Dan Campbell, as I like to call him, Dan freaking Campbell. We're going to bite a kneecap off. We're going to smile at you. We're going to take your other kneecap. We're going to smile at you. And when we do, we're going to take another hunk out of you. We're going to be the last one standing. All right. That's going to be the mentality. That's going to be the mentality, Dan Campbell. But the one of the greatest parts, you know, they brought in Brad Holmes as the GM, and he seemed very confident. And obviously the trade he pulled off for Matt Stafford was something we haven't seen here in my lifetime as a Lions fan, being able to get that type of return for that type of football player and do it without blinking an eye, to be honest. You know, he really just flipped that asset and started to move forward with his team. I thought that was very impressive. So you got those two at the top, the head coach and the GM. But the fact that Dan Campbell has been able to bring in Aaron Glenn, a young, energetic, quality football coach, his defensive coordinator, Anthony Lynn, a former head coach to take care of the offensive side of the ball, Deuce Staley as a running backs coach that's going to help with DeAndre Swift and, and all our other running backs. I mean, just love the kind of people he's bringing in, the type of juice these guys have. We'll get to that later about how they're kind of changing the mentality, the way this team is set up. We'll get into all that. But what I thought I'd do, I'd play a, a clip each. Like I said, I didn't get to dive into these too deep, but I'm going to try to play these for you and talk about them, and then we'll uh, we'll go from there. So this is, this is Aaron Glenn, uh, came from the Saints, our new defensive coordinator. Really like what he had to say. Take a listen to this clip. Um, and then once you look at the players, and I think Dan said it, all right? Dan said it that uh, the players looked, um, I think, confused, I think with no confidence. Um, and the one thing that we have to do, we have to change that narrative of, of the players, of their thinking, so they can go out and play with confidence and get them to play fast. And what we're going to do as a staff is make sure that happens. That's our number one job, right? Get the players playing fast, get them confident, 
right? And let those guys let it loose, right? We don't need a lot of thinking out there. We just want the guys to understand what's my job, right? Where my eyes got to be coach and what I got to do, all right? And they're going to go out there and play fast and play with confidence. So that's our job to make sure we let that happen. So really, really like what Aaron Glenn had to say there. I mean, it was pretty obvious on tape watching game after game of the Detroit Lions, you know, Swiss cheese defense. Nobody looked like they knew where they're supposed to be. They weren't playing fast, physical, pad tackling, bad uh, effort on a lot of levels. So I think what Aaron Glenn is saying is great. Simplify it, get them, get the confidence back, get some of that juice that I talk about, get them to play at optimal level. And uh, everything else Aaron Glenn had to say was great. I mean, I wish I could play three, four more clips for you right now because you know, the fact that he was just so dialed in, he's a Parcells guy at heart. He, everything he said, you know, sounds great. Obviously you got to go out and win. You got to show it on paper, but I just love what he talked about. And uh, he talked about Jeff Okuda, like not needing to play like the number three pick, just be the best Jeff Okuda you could be for us, you know, not for another team, but for the Detroit lions. And uh, that's what they want from him. That's what they're looking for from him. Sound like he was excited about AO, the other corner, I mean, obviously Aaron Glenn, that's his specialty is the corners. You know, he, he likes some of the other pieces that are there. Kind of kind of said, you know, when you're talking about the rush players, that, you know, he'd like to see Romeo Quara stay because he, he sees his best thing is getting after the quarterback. So if they are able to keep him, he's going to find ways to get him to pressure the quarterback. Not going to have him drop it in coverage or trying to be a stout run defender. Like, go let, let him go get the QB. And then he talked about Trey Flowers being more of a guy that you can – move inside as a three technique, a defensive tackle, maybe uh, kick outside and still have him set that edge and be a run defender as well as get, get rushed as well. So, you know, I think he's just a younger type coach has a lot of good vibes to him. Seemed like he was no nonsense, clear, concise, not, not messing around. The players I think will really take to that as well as, you know, sometimes you try to make it too complicated. I think Matt Patricia made it too damn complicated with all his schemes and draw it up on the grease board and his his attitude instead of, okay, let's simplify things. Let's get everybody where they're supposed to be and know what they do, but it's football and let them fly and do what they do. So I, I think he's on the – I really liked what I heard again. I didn't know a ton about him until I heard this first uh, press conference he had. I think it's going to be a really nice breath of fresh air with Aaron Glenn. I'm excited to see what he brings. Obviously, to a first-time coordinator and a guy that, you know, hasn't done it, hasn't called plays yet. You have a little bit of trepidation there, a little bit of worry. But, you know, just the way he talked, the confidence he had, the players will rally around him. And I think that's really what this team needs now while they try to rebuild the roster and kind of move forward with a new, exciting, young, fast, physical Detroit Lions-type team. So very excited what the D.C. had to say. Let's go over the offensive side of the ball. This is uh, Anthony Lynn, again, former head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers, San Diego Chargers. Um, had some good years there. Had some good offensive uh, stats that put up. Um, he, he's a run-first type guy, but, uh, again, had a lot of good things to say at the podium. Uh, definitely a different vibe than what you're getting from Daryl Bevel or what you're getting from, uh, you know, our other coaches that we've seen previous. So just took this little quick clip from Anthony Lynn. Take a listen. You know what? Uh, in a lot of ways, he's the same because he's a hard worker. You know, he's highly competitive and uh, he's a high character man. You know, uh, uh, that's the reason why I'm here because of Dan Campbell. Uh, I've, I've all this respect in the world for him. 
uh, watching him as a player and grow and develop into a coach and now a head coach. Uh, couldn't be more excited uh, to be here and serve him uh, as his offensive coordinator. So there he was, Anthony Lynn, that he was actually talking about Dan Campbell, saying that's the reason he's here. He loves what he's building. He went on to say, you know, he really loves the type of people he's bringing in. And he just felt like, you know, from from Lynn to uh, AEG, as they call him, Aaron Glenn, and then even Deuce Staley, here, who you will hear in a moment, um, they said, you know, Dan Campbell was the guy. He called him up. He was excited. Just the tone of his voice, the uh, type of intensity he had was made him want to be here. And you can hear Anthony Lynn say, Dan Campbell's the kind of man that I want to work for. He's the type of guy that I want to help build something here with. And I thought that was really good to hear from him. So I have the OC bought in. I mean, other footnotes that I caught from Anthony Lynn was kind of like, you know, he, he really likes what he sees from DeAndre Swift. He thinks they can use him more in the passing game, which I don't know how many times on my different podcasts, both here with Benny Blades and then on my uh, Detroit Kool-Aid cast, which drops on Wednesdays and Fridays on your favorite podcast platform. I was like, throw the ball to DeAndre Swift. Get him against a linebacker, man. It's a mismatch all day, every day. So I, I think he's got that going. He talked about, you know, wanting to keep, uh, you know, Kenny, Marv, whatever. But if those guys go, you're going to have to sort of reformulate the wide receiver position. He said Hawkinson's, you know, still got a really high ceiling, thinks he can do a lot more even than what he did. He kind of said, yeah, he made the Pro Bowl and whatnot. But he's got a long, you know, way to go or a lot more skills that he can show off, which I think is – hopefully using him a lot more in the past game instead of lining him up in line and, and doing that kind of stuff. Like I'd love to just make this guy into, you know, a pass catching chain, moving touchdown scoring type tight end at a pretty high level, whether he be top, top eight, top five, top 10, whatever it ends up being like, he's just got to be a dynamic player and get him the football more consistently too. Lynn talked about, Hey, you got a guy like that. He's just a nightmare for, for opposing defenses. And when you take him in the top, what seven, you need to make him that he can't be a guy that catches two balls one week next, next week. He's got six for 80 and a touchdown. Then, you know, he disappears again for two weeks. So it's got to be a consistent part of the offense. And Anthony Lynn just has a really good sense about him. You know, you saw him on hard knocks and whatnot. He can really relate to people. He's a calm, cool guy, but also wants the best out of his players and expects a lot, which I think would be good. And he'll run it. He'll throw it. He'll run it so he can throw it. He'll do all these things on offense. I think will help the team. So excited about him in general. And then really excited that he has that former head coach experience. So him and Dan Campbell can pull each other aside and sort of be like, Hey, you know, this is what I know from my experience or, Hey, you know, Dan Campbell can go to Lynn and say, Hey, well, you know, what do you think I should do here based on, you know, you being a head coach and whatnot. So I think that'll be really good for the team as well. Excited to see that. All right, let's, let's go ahead and get the deuce in here. Deuce Staley running back coach. And then uh, we'll move on to uh, some more topics here on the show. So here's Deuce Staley. Take a listen. I would say no, because it's still about relationships. It's still about establishing respect between each other and understanding the man as the coach and understanding the man as the player and being able to take that player and put him in position to make plays. That's what it's about. At the end of the day, you know, you can draw up this scheme, draw up that scheme, but it's still a man whip a man game. So that's where you got to get a bunch of men on the field that can go out there and whip other men. That one I saved specifically 
for Benny Blades. <laughs> I wanted to hear what Benny Blades had to say about that. Deuce Staley talking about, you know, can can you coach the same as you were coached back in your day? You know, is there a different way you have to do it? And Deuce basically said, no, it's about relationships. It's about the, you and the player having respect for each other. It's not about how fancy you can draw up uh, something on the on a play sheet or in the back room. And then he said it's about one man whipping another man and then 11 men whipping the other 11 that you're playing against. And you, you know Benny Blades would have loved that. So I'll have to get his uh, opinion on that when he gets back. But in the meantime, you, you know Benny Blades still rooting on those Lions. One bright! One bright! One bright! <laughs> Thank you, Benny. Appreciate that. Um, like I said, if this is your first time listening, Benny Blades on the show every week. Uh, tremendous guy. Very knowledgeable. Great player. Funny, just uh, one of the best dudes I've met, and just really fun to do the show with him. So this week, like I say, things come up. He's doing big things. He's juggling a million different things on his end. I was like, hey, let, let me just make sure we get a show out for the for the folks, and then we'll catch you next week, and he'll be on here. Uh, we'll both be having a bunch of fun and, and having his uh, opinions about this team, where we're at. So um, he's with us in spirit with the, uh, the, the one part which is a classic Benny Blades. So I, I can't give you this, but I had this teed up as well for Benny Blades. He told you last week that he had a surprise third round selection for the Detroit Lions, yet he wouldn't say it last week. He said he was going to say it this week. Now he gets busy and can't get, can't deliver. So we'll have to figure out what he's got up his sleeve when it comes to the NFL draft, the Detroit Lions and the third round draft pick. But, I mean, I think I did a mock recently, and I took, uh, I don't know, you, Benny might know this guy. He's from, uh, I mean, he's from, you know, the U. It's all about the U. It's all about the U. I think I got Benny's boy, Brevin Jordan, the tight end in the third round. People in Detroit, like, ah, tight end, we don't need a tight end. Like, like. There's a lot of talk about Kyle Pitts going in the top five, the tight end from Florida. And a lot of my friends and people will be like, you cannot take a tight end in the top 10 or the top 15 or even the first round. It's a luxury pick. Okay, that's like 10, 20 years ago type thinking. I'm telling you, you just put on the tape of Kyle Pitts. He's a dynamic Julio Jones type playmaker. And if you could team him up with another top tight end, good luck to defenses. So I'm not advocating the Lions take Kyle Pitts at seven, but I wouldn't hate it. <laughs> but if you could wait till the third round and get a guy like Brevin Jordan, if he's the best player on the board, you obviously have no tight ends behind TJ Hawkinson. You might want to do that. So um, I thought Benny would be happy that I took, a, you know, a cane there in the third round. <laughs> We still got to get that in, even though Benny's not here. So you have to wait on Benny's surprise third rounder. I did take Brevin Jordan. There's lots of other good players in the third round. And I'm going to get to my mock draft here in a bit. And there might be a very interesting third rounder that you guys might want to hear, as well as Benny might want to take some notes on, on who I selected in that mock as well. We'll get to that. Let's let's talk about the mentality, kind of the, the coaching change, the vibe that's to, to the Detroit Lions and where this is going. So... The way I see it, here's here's how it went down. Let's rewind the clock back to before Matt Patricia was hired. Let's go to let's go to Reverend Jim Caldwell days. 
Jim Caldwell came into the Detroit Lions. They were a mess, you know, under what Jim Schwartz, where we had people in the police blotter every other day. Yeah, we won, you know, a good amount of games, a couple seasons there, but we also had a lot of horrible seasons under Stafford, Schwartz, Calvin, you know, Sue, all that crew. So Reverend Caldwell comes in here. He gets everybody's respect. Like I've always said, he's kind of like a really, you know, grandpa type figure where you love chatting with him. He's nice. He's knowledgeable. But when it came to Sundays, Jim Caldwell wasn't very good, you know, in game. And then he could never get you over the hump. He could win you seven to nine games, um, you know, maybe 10, 11 on a really good year. And other than that, that's about that's about all he could do. His players were never going to get out of line. His players would love him, you know, for all the good stuff I just mentioned. And because I think it was kind of the old country club style where we're not going to practice really that hard. We're going to be fast at practice, but we're not going to beat each other up. We're not going to, um, you know, out strategize anybody, but we're still going to have pretty good offense and defensive schemes. You know, he's just middle of the road guy, to be honest, you know, nothing, nothing against him. Uh, you know, he would always spit out a good quote. And like I say, very smart guy, very uh, nice. He'd love to have him as your neighbor, but, that that ship had sailed, you know, so everybody was ready to move on from Jim Caldwell. There's a small ma- minority of people, a percentage of people that weren't, that loved the guy and thought he didn't get enough time or he could have got it together. But the majority of folks were like, hey, you know, we need another coach to come in here, get the, get the Lions tough, get them up over the top, and get them winning at a really high level. So what they do? They brought in... Matt Patricia, who was a stalwart every year with the New England Patriots as the defensive coordinator, the backwards hat, the big beard, pencil in the ear, rocket scientist, defensive genius, you know, exactly what seemed to fit at that time because the Lions, you know, needed to beef up the D. They needed to win at a higher level. This guy was going to outthink other people. He was going to mold perfectly with the GM because not only were they buddies, but now the GM was going to get his coach. He had a couple years to put in his players. And so Matt Patricia came in here, and again, word is that he was just a rude a-hole from the get-go to everybody behind the scenes tore up everything said everything was garbage he wanted it his way changed everything which i'm not gonna come up and lie to you folks i thought that was the way to do it i felt like what did the lions ever do we, we haven't won anything so a guy coming in from that type of organization he wants to change the practice fields flip this upside down change this get rid of this guy bring in so and so you know it's like i i wasn't one to question him i thought yeah you need a couple years to get it together but we 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 saw pretty quick or it started to show itself within years two and three that this guy didn't have what we all thought he had. You know, he he might be a great coordinator. He might be really smart. He might have said all the right things. But the fact that he couldn't motivate his players, he couldn't get it done on Sunday, and him and Bob Quinn couldn't draft and develop the talent needed to do whatever they were trying to do in their big master plan, 
it was a complete failure. You know, they lost the team. They lost out on a lot of players that they've brought in for their scheme, their situation. This past year, when the Lions kept them an extra half season, when everybody was hoping it would all come together, they brought in all these expatriates, all these contracts they paid out. And none of those guys did anything good for this team. So just a huge swing and miss with that whole everything there. So that brings us to now, you know, Matt or Dan Campbell, Dan freaking Campbell. And he just looked at like what Matt Patricia did. And I mean, it's simple as this. Wow. Not that it, it wasn't wow at all. I mean, it, it, it was much more instead of wow, it was more this. You've had enough of that. Sh- You've had enough of that. Sh- You've had enough of that. Sh- exactly. Dan Campbell, I think, looked at all that. He didn't say, wow. He said, I had enough of that bleep, you know, because he knows the roster's a mess. He knows the team hasn't won. He knows we can't run the football. He knows the fan base is just absolutely sick of this. So, I mean, he's tearing up what Matt Patricia did, but I think in a much better way. And I, you know, when it comes to the mentality, I, I feel like the mentality under Patricia and Quinn was, you know, everything is is top secret. You know, we're going to just beat our players up behind the scenes or on the practice field. But in the media, we're going to say how much we love them and how great they are and, you know, how, how blessed we are to have certain people. And really, it's like these guys were just jerks behind the scenes. You know, they probably treated ownership you know, other workers like garbage, they, you know, thought they were going to be the smartest guys in the room and figure out this scheme and draft these people. It was going to work. Just give us time. And it didn't work. So Dan Campbell now is coming in here with his crew and they're saying, all right, the other coaching staff, bunch of jerks, nobody liked them, worked everybody hard, that didn't have any swagger, didn't give them any confidence, didn't None of their schemes or anything worked, so none of the players bought in ever to really what was going on. So I think Campbell, AG, Anthony, Lynn, Deuce, and company, they're doing the opposite, which we've seen a lot here in Detroit. Hey, you get a defensive guy, it doesn't work, go get an offensive guy. The offensive guy doesn't work, go go get a, like a hard-nosed, no-nonsense football guy. Oh, that doesn't work, go get somebody that's easy on the players and fun and, and loves the media. I, I don't know if that's what we have here. I don't think so. I think that Dan Campbell and company were just smart enough to come in here and say, all right, let, let's stop making this so difficult. Like, this is football. Come in here and talk with some confidence, some bravado, but in the same way, be amicable to players. You know, listen to them. You know, be cool with them. Like, when you need to push them, you'll have their respect, and then they will do what you ask them to do at a high level and help you win ball games. You, these guys have respect. They've played in the game. What, what, what games Matt Patricia ever played in besides tiddly winks and a, a hamburger eating contest? You know what I mean? Nothing. So they, these guys have, they played the game, you know, at different levels. So they, they've been there, done that. They also, a lot of them are still in pretty good shape, pretty young, you know, in their you know, mid forties, whatever it may be. And I just think they're going to have a whole new vibe, whole new juice. And that's going to give this team a new mentality, which is, Hey, you know, that old stuff is out. You know, I've had enough of that, you know, you know what? And now it's this new group that's like, 
upbeat practices. You come talk to them. You know, they're going to try to t- tailor things around you rather than say, you got to do it my way. You got to do it uh, this. I know what works. Trust me. You know what I mean? Though, if you're a great pass rusher, we're going to let you pass rush. If you're a great receiver and the other team can't guard you, we're going to feed you the football. If you're TJ Hawkinson and, and you're unguardable, we're actually going to feature you in the offense rather than make you an afterthought. You know what I mean? All that kind of stuff that I think the other regimes didn't do. And this they already seem to have their finger on the pulse. And especially what I heard from Aaron Glenn as a defensive coordinator. It was like simple, concise, straightforward. He's going to tell you if you're doing it right or wrong. He's going to have high expectations. And he's also going to be a guy that is going to listen to your input and say, what do you think is going to work? What's working out there on the football field and try to do that rather than say, run this or else, you know? And I, I think that that's just going to be better all the way around. I think the players, you know, the, the corners, the safeties, I think are really going to have an uptick under Aaron Glenn. I hope that this regime can bring in another set of really good football players in this draft and free agency. But they're really going to have to develop players in a way too, that the other groups didn't, especially Matt Patricia. I didn't see many people that got better. And I think there's good players on this team, uh, namely like the Austin Bryants, the Julian O'Quaros, the Tracy Walkers, the AOs, the Okudas, um, you know, even the, gosh, even just players in the middle or everyone says how bad our linebackers are. Like I still hold out hope that, a Jared Davis or a Jelani Tavai could show me something if if maybe they were just being used completely horribly. You know, I'm not ruling that out at this point. I think I asked my buddy Grifka about, like, Logan Stenberg, who plays on the interior offensive line. It was like, oh, no, he's horrible. He, he didn't start a game. It's like, may, maybe they just put him in bad positions. I remember they had him working center all the time. He's a... He's played guard his whole life. He's a nasty interior guard that likes to finish people. And that's you said that's why you got him, yet then you can't even play him in a horrible season like we had last year. That's that's on the coaches, man. This guy's not that bad. I think that he can be put in a position to either start or be a quality backup on the offensive line. Just like, you know, Tracy Walker's in and out of the ball game. They're not using him to blitz or to to come down and, and create havoc or play free safety, which is what he loves to do and go get the football used to be a corner, put him in those positions. See what you get from a guy like T walk. I bet he'll be a good football player. So expect this from the new regime players that are much more bought in, much more locked in. I think the coaches are going to take those players and look at them honestly. And say, okay, what do you do? Well, okay, we're going to try to do that instead of say, here's what works, here's what we do well, now you figure it out. And if you don't, you're not going to play. You know, that that just didn't work. That That's not going to work in today's NFL uh, at, at the highest level, especially the way the game keeps progressing. You can't be stuck back in that mindset. So excited about this coaching staff. I think the mentality, the juice, the mojo, the confidence – the speed of play, the physicality just wasn't there the last couple of years, you know? And I think that even if you don't win or you're kind of still struggling, if you can run and hit and tackle and get people excited, that's going to be step one for this coaching regime and these players that are currently on the team and the new ones are going to add. So interesting to see how it goes. All right, let's keep this solo show moving. Again, we miss Benny Blades, but we know he's here in spirit. What, right? <laughs> Thank you, Benny. Um, 
let, let, let's talk about this trade scenario before I get to my mock draft. So I was listening to another podcast. They were going through their, their mock and they got to the lions at seven. We, we, we might as well keep using the soundboard here. We, we, we got to get this in. So with the seventh pick, the Detroit lions select. And, and like, I'm sitting there waiting on it. You know, I'm just waiting to hear who they say, or I'm trying to guess maybe who's going to pick. And all I hear is this. Because the Detroit Lions don't pick. <laughs> There's crickets out there because they, they're on the telephone making a deal. Brad Holmes making a deal with the Washington football team. Gosh, please hope they have a logo, a new name at that point. I mean, but right now they're the WFT still. And they call up the Detroit Lions. They're like, hey, you know, I know we're in on Matt Stafford. I know we couldn't make that deal, but congratulations. You guys got a great haul. Hope Jared Goff works out for you. We're still looking for a quarterback. So they propose they want to move up to seven to uh, possibly select their quarterback. And they're willing to give the Lions pick number 19. So middle, lower part of the first round. Pick 51 in the second round. Pick 123, which is going to fall in the fourth round there. Kind of like that mid-fourth round. And then your 2022 first-round pick. So we're turning number seven into four draft picks. Three that year, which would give the Lions a total of nine picks. They would go from five to now up to nine based on getting the other third rounder from the L.A. Rams and adding now 1951 and 123. And oh, by the way, getting a first round next year. Now, hold on. I know all you people, but Washington was good this year. And if they get a quarterback, they can be in the playoffs. I don't care. (laughs) If I get any pick from 32 or number one, I'm happy. I'm going to get a great football player at a great contract at any position that I need to fill at that point. Just give me your first round pick. I don't care what slot it's in. I'm going to be able to find a great player. So I'm taking that deal all day in this mock. They took that trade very, very happy to take that deal. The Washington football team moved up and they took Trey Lance at number seven. Now, Give you a quick synopsis on Trey Lance. I've read up on him a little bit more. I'm still doing, you know, start my draft prep. Trey Lance, I mean, this guy is a physical, you know, dynamic runner with the football. He's got all the arm talent you could want when it comes to being able to throw it all over the yard, velocity, deep balls. But he just doesn't have the experience. So anybody that takes him, like you might get lightning in a bottle, but you also might get a guy that needs to sit, learn, figure things out. I mean, go watch his highlights. What the one year, I think it was his first year starting in college. Yeah, I know, North Dakota State, we get it. But his first year on a college football field where he got to play quarterback, like 43 touchdowns and zero INTs. The guy's running over around people, over people. He's throwing it. He's he's making plays in and out of the pocket, throwing on the run. I mean, he's a fun player to watch. So, you know, I like the player. I'm much more in the mode now of passing on a Trey Lance, Justin Fields type because I feel like just Jared Goff's paid. 
He's on this team. Brad Holmes loves Jared Goff. You might as well kind of roll with him, get the rest of the team together. And by getting three picks plus a first next year, man, that would be tremendous for this team. Let him really stock up this year, fill a bunch of holes, and then go into next year. Let's say Jared Goff has a good to above average year. You go into 2022 with three ones and other draft picks and a better team and hopefully this coaching staff with a year under their belt. Oh, baby, that would, that would be something. So, I mean, I'm all for that trade down. Absolutely. So now, now that we did that trade down, let's go ahead and get to my mock draft. So before I got recorded and once I knew Benny wasn't going to be able to join us for the show, I'm like, what does everybody love? Everybody loves a mock draft. You know, we got to hit the music when we're doing mock drafts. You gotta play that mock draft music. I got it low in the background, but you know what it is. Because I wanna talk through this mock. And it was with my being the GM. I'm the GM of the show. Just ask Benny Blades. And I was like, alright, let me see if I can stock up with some some players the, the folks are gonna know out there, as well as players that I feel fill holes. And again, we're early in the process, so I, I'm not picking all my diamonds in the rough for people that I'll you know, be throwing up on the show here when we get talking draft here in a month or so. But here's what I went with. So at pick number seven, did no trades in this in this mock, just straight up. So at number seven, I know people have character concerns. They're making all the excuses for this guy. Hey, looking at the board, I didn't see anybody that wanted more than Micah Parsons, linebacker from Penn State. You watch his tape. He can run. He can tackle. He can blitz. He's a big beast at like 220 to 30 pounds. Um, I think this coaching staff could wrangle in any issues he's had in the past. The Lions are horrible at linebacker. This could be a new leader of your defense. And don't tell me linebackers don't matter because the Bucks just won a title. And Devin White, who I was saying the Lions should have took a couple years ago, and Levante David, who's been a great player, and the Lions could add him as well back in the day. Are, we're balling out for the Bucks, you know, keeping the Kansas City Chiefs in check. So, linebacker's important. The Lions have no linebackers. Now they have a, a beast of a linebacker. Micah Parsons from Penn State at number seven. At pick 39 in the second round. This was a guy I hadn't taken in any mocks up to this point. But the, everybody knows the Lions need receivers. I didn't take a receiver at number seven. I waited till the second round. Kadarius Tony from Florida was there and if you guys saw this guy at the Senior Bowl he's got swagger he's got juice he's absolutely electric coming off the line with his releases and his moves love what he brings he's one of those guys that passed the eye test for me early it was just like Kadarius Tony has something that other people don't have and that's ability just to play football be exciting make plays so happy to add him to the receiving core there in the second round in the third round at pick 71, this one's going to make Benny Blades happy. I'm going to have to requeue up my music because I'm only in the third round. Let's requeue that draft music. Let's keep it going. Hit it again. There it is. <laughs> Benny Blades said he, got a, he had a little surprise in the third round. Well, I got a surprise for you, Benny. And that's with the third pick or with the 71st pick in the third round of the NFL draft. The Detroit Lions select... 
Quincy Roche, edge outside backer rush player from the U. There you go, Benny. You said we got to have a cane on the roster to have a good team. There we go. I've read a lot of great things about Quincy Roche. Everyone's looking at Jalen Phillips, Gregory Russo. I just read that Quincy Roche might be a top rush player, edge player in this draft. People got him in the third round-ish. That's exactly where I'm getting him for the Detroit Lions. I like the value. I like the player. And I think that'd be a nice pick to add rush player at that point in the draft. With pick number 88. That, that's going to fall there. Am I in the fourth round? 88? Nope, that's going to be my other third rounder. So at pick 88, the pick that I got from the LA Rams, give me Marvin Wilson. Defensive tackle, Florida State, 6'3", 320. This guy's a just a penetrating attack-style defender on a 4-3 scheme. He can rotate in with other guys like Danny Shelton, Panasini. We, we've got uh, Deshaun Hand, who's still under contract. Marvin Wilson was a ball player. He was predicted as a first or early second round pick. Now he's sliding down draft boards. Hey, give me Marvin Wilson. He's a ball full of butcher knives there. I want him on my team. At pick 111, that's going to be towards the top there, the fourth round. Hey, this is another spot people might be like, ah, I don't want him. You know, why him? Give me Trey Sermon, the running back from Ohio State. This guy's a big banger. He showed you he can put up huge numbers towards the end of the season with that team from down south. I think he'd be nice to pair up with DeAndre Swizzle. And with my last pick at 150, I was debating between two safeties. Richard LeCount, the third from Georgia, and Wiggins from Cincinnati. Now, Wiggins is a safety that can play split safeties, which seems what the Lions are running. But in this scenario, I went to Richard LeCount. I know he's had some off-the-field issues. But I think this guy can ball hawk, hit, run, make plays on the football. That's who I wanted on my team. That is my mock draft. There we go. Right when the music ended, you got to love it. We got to play that music when we're talking mock drafts. I mean, it's just a rule at this point. So we, we do those a lot on my other show. Again, it's called the Detroit Kool-Aid Cast. Wednesdays and Fridays, you get this show. Believe, B-L-E-A-V, and Lions, Thursday mornings on your favorite podcast platform. Please share those with a friend. Hit that subscribe button. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, all the all the different podcast platforms you look for. Just put it in your, your Google machine there. It'll pop up. Um, so we talked about the coaches, you know, uh, we talked about Benny's surprise pick. We'll have to wait for that mentality. Gave you a trade scenario. We just did a mock draft. Um, everybody that's, I know, I know we said we weren't going to be able to use the, uh, the Matt Stafford drop anymore, but I, I mean, you know, we're still going to have to use it. Stafford! The, the the guy's having a like almost like a mini series I saw today is coming out about him leaving Detroit. I guess he did some secret interviews with Channel 4 here in the state of Michigan. They filmed him when he went down to the stadium and said his goodbyes and sort of, you know, kind of all this sad talk from him and his wife. Like, I mean, you just need to leave it like this. Stafford was either smart enough or it had enough and wanted to get out. A lot of Detroit fans had seen enough. And we're ready to uh, see him go out the door. So it's like, it just it should just be totally amicable. Like, hey, you did great things here. You're fun to watch. We were we were ready to move forward. You want to go try to win on another team as well as be around, you know, some better players on offense and defense. You know, 
no hard feelings either way. Appreciate all you did. You'll always be accepted here in Detroit. Highly respected guy. Like I said, best quarterback I've seen in my lifetime. And uh, I'm excited about the future. I'm not looking towards the past, but I am curious to watch that Matt Stafford doc where he kind of says goodbye. I'd love to hear his thoughts on why and how it happened and, you know, what he's thinking about this whole situation. I'd love him to put out a big thing in the paper too, you know, thanking the city, thanking the fans, you know, giving respect to Detroit. He's pretty much been on mute since all this happened. But like I say, he's not a social media guy. He's not a guy that's going to talk too much, but give the people something, you know, a little something about how much this meant to you and how tough it is to leave. And, you know, how you're hoping that uh, the Lions will do well as well as you will do some good things out with the Rams, things like that. So I think that will be coming. But this is the first thing I had seen where he's going to speak as well as they got some video of him, which is pretty cool. So definitely check that out. That will be all over Twitter and different places. I'm sure you can check it out. So 2021, what's the best case scenario for the Detroit Lions? I mean, I'm looking at it now. I saw a couple reports today. Oh, the Lions are projected to be the worst team in football. Oh, the Lions have the worst roster in football. Hey, like, you look at the team right now, and I'm not going to kid you. There's plenty of holes on this team. We got basically no receivers other than Quintez Cephas under contract that are worth a damn. We we got a lot of holes on defense, on the front line, linebacker, corners and safeties. We got a few offensive skill guys that are exciting, but I always, like, I've learned that as much as I want to prognosticate and say so-and-so is going to be great or this guy's got all the talent, you you do kind of have to do it for more than a flash. So, like, I I don't think DeAndre Swift is going to fall on his face, but I would love to see him next year and the year after continue to be good in the pass game, better in the run game, continue to score, you know, 6, 7, 8, 10, 12 touchdowns a year, you know, in that range so that he can – you know, make those type of impacts on the team. TJ Hawkinson's got to continue to do it. You know what I mean? So it's like, I I just, I see all these people where it's just like, they see all these issues and there's also some bright spots, but it's like, we haven't got to free agency. We haven't got to the draft and Brad Holmes has set this team up for the future with two ones in the next two years and a quarterback that he likes and that he feels he can both build around and buy it some time with. So it's like, you know, what's the best case scenario for 2021? This is the best case scenario. Get some very sneaky acquisitions in free agency. Use Brad Holmes and the other people in his front office to find those mid-level free agents that are going to take that step forward, are going to not deserve or, or not expect the top dollar contracts, but get good contracts for guys that are going to overperform rather than what we're used to here in Detroit, which is old veterans that come and get overpaid and underperform. You know, we need some we need some overperformers on some of these deals that we signed this year. We need to absolutely kill this draft, which is trade down, trade down, trade down. And don't listen to people that tell you, oh, just draft all defense. No, we're not going to draft all defense. You saw on my mock, you know, three, four players on defense, but I'm going to go offense to where appropriate. You got to be smart to do both. And I think they will be. I just hope they trade down. I hope they get more assets because that's the way that you win the draft. It's not a people will say you want quality or quantity. And people say, I want quality, meaning like I want the highest pick because I know I'm going to get a p- good player. 
that just shows you don't know what you're doing. If you got to be up in the top five, top 10 to get a solid guy, then I know I'm getting a good guy. Well, so does everybody else because this is like common sense. The top 10 players are all going to be, you know, good except for those random busts, which are just usually quarterbacks or, you know, other positions that just don't make any sense. But it's like, if you're confident in your drafting ability, as well as if you understand the salary cap, what these contracts are going for, trading down gets you cheaper contracts, more football players, more bites at the apple, and more flexibility with your roster where you don't have to draft for need per se because you got enough picks where you're just going BPA and you're going with uh, the top guys on the board that are going to be really good down the line rather than trying to just fill a hole or or take a guy because you got no more draft capital. So you know, be smart in free agency, be aggressive by going down and be acquiring picks in the draft and then put an exciting product on the field for the city of Detroit. Like nobody's expecting you to win 10 games. Nobody's expecting you to put up all these amazing W's, but do we want to turn on the TV every Sunday and see it exciting, fast, aggressive, smart, confident football team that with a head coach that actually has a little bit of moxie will get after the refs, show a little emotion, you know, be a guy that's the players love to play for. Those are the things we're looking for. That's what we want to BLEAV in when we watch the Detroit Lions in 2021. So if Dan Campbell and company can put an exciting product out there, and the fans can see a, a foundation being built of good football players at good positions. You know, we have a good left tackle. We have a good running back. We have a good tight end. We have a good corner. We have, um, you know, some other players that are maybes, you know. So it's like if you can see that foundation starting to come together, um, dynamic receiver or, you know, uh, these defensive players, edge rushers, safeties, linebackers that we want to have. Everybody be like, hey, I can buy into this. Kind of like people are doing with the Pistons and Wings. They're seeing players that they can buy into even though it hasn't happened yet. And then in years two and three, because the NFL is such a what'd you do now for me league? Yeah, by years two and three, you need to see some W's, progress, and move this thing forward because you don't want to be two plus years of, of really rough losing because that's going to weigh on people. We've had enough of that, right, Dan Campbell? I mean, we can't hear it enough, really. You've had enough of that sh- Exactly. So everybody, that's what I'm looking for. That's best case scenario. Kill, you know, sneaky in free agency, kill the draft, have an exciting team heading into the season. Hopefully there'll be fans back in the stadiums, rocking Ford field. I know I want to be there in person to see what Dan Campbell's got and give us something to be excited about. Like you said, give us something to be proud about. Right. Benny blades. One bright, one bright, one bright. Exactly. Benny. So everybody for myself, For Benny Blades, that's doing big things in the state of Michigan, the city of Detroit, couldn't make the show, but he will be back. Um, I'm assuming, I'm pretty much guaranteeing next week he's going to be back. He's going to be ready. You know Benny brings it every week. So I tried to fill in. I tried to give you Lions content. I tried to give you some um, of those coaches' press conferences. Go check out the whole thing on YouTube or Lions website, their app, whatever you got to do. Go check those out. And come back here next Thursday where me and Benny Blades will be talking all things Detroit Lions right here on the Believe Podcasting Network where we believe B-L-E-A-V in the Lions. Take care, everybody. I'm out. I believe, I believe, I believe. If I can get respect from these guys, I'm going to darn well get respect and I'm going to demand the respect from anyone else. I believe, I believe, I believe.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.